I am not opposed to issuing discipline. But my record will show that every time I've issued discipline, uh, I've never had it grieved and no one's ever been able to go behind, go back behind it because I followed policy. I right. could show and that you messed up because right. you, you violated this, this, and this. It was just. It was just. And uh, so sounds like you're a leader and not a supervisor. That's uh, crazy. Exactly. <laughs> That's a weird concept. <laughs> Two very different things. Two You'd different think, things. You would think, you think the same, but they're but not. The no comment. <laughs> oh, we didn't kill the Probably blame me for being an idiot, but and which you were, which we all were. <laughs> you have to make it to where crime doesn't pay. You have to deter crime, whether it's crime or terrorism. It's the same principle. You have to clash with supervision. You have to, or nothing will get done. Supervisors can't learn how to supervise, and you can't learn how to respect a supervisor without confrontation. It has to happen. Do not take that out. JV team for life. Welcome back to the Anti-Hero Podcast, part Delta Force, part Street Cop, all podcasts. I'm your host, Tyler, owner of Refracted Wolf Apparel. All American Outsider Apparel. Use code ANTIHERO for 15% off. Uh, hoodies, shirts, flags, stickers, hats, um, even Ranger panties. We have those too. Nice. Yeah. I, I didn't tell you that. Mm, hot. <laughs> Brent Tucker, owner of First Responder Coffee Company and First Responder Cigar Company. Use FRC15, get 15% off of all your bad habits. Um, let's get right into it. I'm really excited about this guest. I randomly met him at a cigar shop. I told him my story, told me his story, and I said, "Man, we got We have to have you on." And what was that last week? About a week ago, yeah. Not, not even, probably yeah. four days ago, yeah. exactly. Not long ago. And here you are in uh, here I am in, here in studio. <laughs> so let me introduce you. Let me introduce him, and uh, you'll understand why this guy was a must-have for this podcast. This is Steve Davis. Former division chief of Lake County, also uh, former battalion chief of Orange County, also happens to be uh, an Army veteran, uh, served five years, uh, reached the range of re reached the rank of sergeant, was an infantry medic, and also a flight medic. You've lived a full life, and it's and it's not over yet. Not over yet. It's only begun. And and since then, and and I'll go ahead and, and talk about it. You also do a, a raising alpha podcast. Raising yep. And the Raising Alpha podcast, we'll talk a lot more about that, but that's about raising kids to be alphas. And as soon as you told me about that, that's that's what really spurred it. it. I was like, we're uh, we're online. I, I don't. I've done a lot of podcasts. I've never invited myself onto a podcast. <laughs> I said, I You're want invited. I want to be on your podcast. And that and that's when I heard more about you and I heard your story and I said, Yeah, let's a little tit for tat. I want you on my podcast uh, too. Let's do it. So I'm in. And that that brings us to uh, to 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 here and now and how we got here. Um, let's talk about you know your past and and, and how you got here. Uh, let's, what what brought you to the military? Well, you know, um, I'm third generation Army. Uh, my grandfather uh, served in the Battle Bulge. My dad was uh, not in Vietnam, but in the Vietnam era, mm -hmm. uh, served in the National Guard actually. And then uh, it was just kind of. You know, one of the things that I was drawn to, uh, 17 years, 17 years old, you don't know what you're going to do with your life and you're in your senior year. And it's like the military. That's that's what you're kind of bred to. Right. Did did your dad ever or grandfather, did your grandfather tell you battle the bold stories? Did you ever he, get to hear anything from no, that? He would not say a word. Um, and I get it. And it's, it's a travesty uh -huh. at the same time. But mm -hmm. obviously, I, I get he it. He never would talk about it. And um, when I got into the military it was right before he had passed and he would not talk about it he just good luck to you kind of do your thing and he was an older older guy uh, at the time but he just that type of um era did not talk about it 
Yeah, I saw a uh, thing of his, the comedian's name here in a second. Uh, he did he did this little skit. It's like, well, you know, I'm I have onset of uh, of of Republican coming because I'm starting to watch World War II documentaries. He's mm-hmm. like, that's the beginning. Yeah, and uh, which is funny. Because, onset Republican. Right. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and it's and, it, and it's true. I'm 43. I'm getting older. And let me tell you, there's not a World War II documentary that doesn't come on that I'm like, stop whatever it is I was channel surfing on. This is, is now Wait, what I'm yeah, watching. That's what I'm what's, watching. What's your favorite? I don't want to put you on the spot. I know you didn't. I gave you no 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 preparation for this. What's your favorite World War II movie? Dirty Dozen. Ooh. Mine. I, I mean, honestly, I like. I'm I'm really drawn to the series, the HBO series of uh, Band of Brothers. You know oh, what? I mean, he always changes it. <laughs> you put me on the spot. Yeah. Well, I mean, there's a lot of good ones, but mine's I mean, Fury. I was, Fury, Fury I was just really, about yeah. to say Fury, and I and I'll tell you why. Uh, it's always easy to make a special operations mission look cool, right? Mm-hmm. They the way they made tanks, you know, look cool and told that story and built the relationship of of of, of the crew members and Fury. It's up there. It's Let's up be there. honest. Inglorious Bastards, Bastards was the best of all. <laughs> yeah, but that was a good that was a good fictional take on yeah, an alternate yeah. reality. Yeah, like if they had actually allowed people like that to go right. kill Hitler. And, yeah. and again, that, that goes back to it's easy to make special operations movies you know, look cool. You have a lot to work with. What they did with a tank unit, yeah, and Fury was one yep. hundred was uh, pro- probably my favorite one. Sorry, got yeah. got got sidetracked. No, man, I'm yeah. all about that genuine, so, yeah. organic. <laughs> Very organic. I love it. So you, you you decide to enlist. What 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 takes you to to infantry medic? So I, I went in hoping to be a fireman, and you guys know just as well as I do. When you go into MEPS, they want you what's one thing, and then they try to oh get you, you into transfer some, over. You could do this, <laughs> and they wanted to make me. So I went uh, as a fireman is what I was originally going in. And okay. they're like, oh, we just got rid of that MOS, but we can make you a a, a healthcare specialist. Right. AKA combat medic. And I was like, all right, that sounds all right. That sounds cool. I can still, you know, blow shit up and be around uh, that kind of thing. And, right. Um, and then like right before they're like, well, we're really looking for like dining care facility managers or whatever the yeah. MOS. Yeah. And I was like, I will walk out here right, right now. Yeah. If you don't make me a medic, I could only change so far. Yeah. For you. Yeah. I walk right back to Orlando. <laughs> so, um, uh, coming, you know, out of Tampa, you know, I, I, I enlisted as a, as a medic, uh, went to um, um, Fort Benning, did infantry, not infantry school, but, you know, your, your right. basic training basic and in, then bidding, yep. basic at Benning. And then I uh, went over to Sam Houston for medic school and right. then uh, out to Germany in a mechanized infantry unit. Was there for uh, two years, but during that time, I was also teaching uh, medic school uh, at a local hospital and uh, ended up going through my uh, expert field medical badge, uh, UFMB, yep. and um, uh, I ended up getting that. Um, now, I don't know about that. Uh, two things I want to ask you real quick was, one, and more in hindsight with all of your, your the, the medical um, experience you have now, what did you think about the training at Fort Sam Houston for medics? And then, and then tell me, I know about a CIB. Oh, not CIB. But the EIB and the EIB, EIB standards and how hard it is to obtain the infantry. Yep. So tell me a little bit about the, the training and did that, did you do feel like that prepared you with all your experience now? And then how hard was the, uh, the, the, the combat medical badge? 
So the um, medic training in Sam Houston, uh, I mean, it's 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 I think it's like ten weeks long, eleven weeks long. Uh, it's a lot of information, all condensed down in one. You're learning how to intubate um, your chest tubes, all these different things as being a medic. You know, you come out as an e an EMT basic, so you don't okay. have quite this, the the level of skill. Uh, not, I shouldn't say skill, but the the certification for the standard here in the states. But you do have the knowledge that medics use uh, on a different standard. So um, it prepared me well. Um, I, I, you don't really get your training until you get to your unit. I mean, that's yeah. with anything. You go right. through school. It's yeah. theory-based. You don't get the practical portion until you get to yeah. your unit. Q course was the same way. Exactly. And, and you know, when, you went, when I went to infantry, 2-2 um, um, infantry out in Vilsack, um, great opportunity there. I had a um, uh, my doc who was our PA, he was former uh, Green Beret. Uh, he was, I think, an E7 in the Green Beret and then ended up going through PA school, yep. became our doc, yep. and, um, you know, learned a lot from him. Uh, he, he gave me a lot of opportunity. I remember him giving me a needle like this long and putting it into a dude's shoulder, and I did it, and he goes, only orthopedic surgeons do that. And I was like, <laughs> I was 18. I was like, right. okay. Right. Right. And now 18-year-olds. And, and now 18-year-olds do it, evidently. So, I mean, we did everything from minor surgeries right there. And I remember, like, in the barracks, you'd be sitting there and start IVs after a night of drinking or, you know. Uh, that um, yeah, Okay, I, we weren't the only ones. No. That's the biggest relationship from an infantry guy to a medic. That's when they really bond. You, yeah. you, hangovers. you come in and, hey, Doc, yeah. can I get an IV or – you know, you walk um, by the doors open. Guys are getting IVs in the barracks. Yep. <laughs> I, I've had infantry guys. They'd get in bar fights. They'd come into my room, bleed in, yeah. and I would bandage yeah, or suture them up real right. quick right there in right. my barracks. That, that's the that's the yep. pre-deployment bond, and then you get the right. real bond on deployment. Yep. Yep. But uh, that's great experience. Sure, you know, that's that's live. You know, that's, that's it's a real chance on a real person to stitch them up yeah. before they're sweaty, bloody, and screaming. Yeah. But it's still it, that is the you know the stepping stones of getting proficient at your job. 100%. We're promoting bar fights before deployments. You got to give your medics <laughs> something Some to train training on. real quick before you go. Yeah. You don't want to be the first time stitching up oh. in combat. Yeah, let them, let them. I, don't, I don't really know what I'm right. doing right here, but yeah, no, 100. percent Or you could win your bar fights and not need. Yeah, you're not. Hopefully he's got a medic. Yeah, never so, a problem. Uh, uh, what what made you uh, decide not to reenlist? Was was it the goal of, of becoming the firefighter like you wanted, or so, what was? What yeah, was, I always wanted to be a fireman. So I ended up I ended up going through Germany. Uh, I, I went through the EFMB. That's a, a prestigious. It's like the EIB, but for medics, it's a very very difficult course that you go through. Two weeks of hell okay. uh, to earn that badge. Earn that badge. And when I was out there, I got exposed to a helicopter, a Black Hawk medic. Uh, because that's part of the EFMB is you got to load a helicopter. Yep. And uh, so I ended up uh, finding information to get orders to go to uh, flight medic school out in Fort Rucker. And then I went out to California to the NTC. Uh, oh, to do, to yeah. do, I was at uh, that unit there. And um, let me tell you what never gets old. And I've done it thousands and thousands of times getting on a helicopter. Yeah, it doesn't. <laughs> it was by far no. the coolest. I mean, hanging out the window. Yeah. Um, Going down on the JP, you know, with the hoist or whatever, and then just dangling yeah. 200 feet. Nothing's you know, cooler than a Blackhawk. Loved man. it. Well, no, it's weird because it. I didn't know this. Blackhawks, they travel differently. When you go into one of these little helicopters that are medical based or even a sheriff's office helicopter, what they do 
in the air, you're like, Ugh. I had oh. I had a pilot who used to fly Apaches in uh, Desert Storm, and he flew that Black Hawk like an Apache, like straight. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> like, so I'd be sitting right. like this in the back, you know. And, and you don't realize that you know when you're in the military, the Black Hawk is is your is your standard platform. So mm-hmm. it's just kind of a, a standard helicopter to you. Yeah. You don't know what a beast of a helicopter that is and what a high performance machine really that is. black hawk is i it love is that a, thing uh, I had, it was probably the coolest job i've ever had i mean i've had some cool experiences in the fire service but the coolest job i ever had you know everything from flying out to san diego to la i mean i mean i remember taking a burn patient out to la to the burn center and just seeing this massive helicopter you know military style helicopter land on top of the hospital yeah. and you're just looking at everybody's just looking at you right i mean yeah. and you got to fly over star. the mountains yeah right. you're a rock star, a rock star flying out to vegas to you know just i remember flying past uh, mandalay bay and i'm just taking pictures out the yeah. window in that gold and i got the picture of the gold uh background with the helicopter like right. the reflections pretty cool everybody does it everyone everyone does the cheesy wave down to the pedestrians yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. And they always <laughs> wave back and it's cool you know and hello piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> hello, hello minions yeah yeah i'm, I'm way up here wait so did the did in the same contract did you go from line medic to flight medic without so it wasn't an official title change it was just like a job change yeah uh so oh, i forget what they call it but i had a uh I was a 91 Bravo when I went in, be all you can be. Then they went to the Army of One, and then whatever else they changed it to. But then I had now uh, it's whatever you identify. Army is whatever you identify. Whatever you identify as, <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But uh, no, it was um, uh, it was a 91 Bravo. Then I went to whiskey school, so it became a 91 whiskey. And then uh, I got the identifier, the Foxtrot identifier for uh, flight to be a flight medic. And so. Um, I mean that's that's really the same contract just changed it up a little bit. What years were you were you in the military? Uh, I went in delayed entry in '99, uh, got into basic in 2000, and then um, I got out in 2004. Okay, I did a little bit of reserve in 2004, 2005. Did you do reserve here in Florida? Mm-hmm. Would you? Are you yeah. from Florida originally? Orlando. Okay, that's yeah. what brought. So you came yep. came back home. Yep. So brought you back yep. home. And and is that and during that time did you go to fire school while, while in the reserves? So so what ended up happening is I ended up um, uh, I was in California. I flew back here to Orange County um, two different times to test for Orange County fire, and I took I took their written, took their video portion, took their physical agilities, and I was training for selection at the time. So I was in really good shape, you know, just rucking every single day and getting ready for selection. So I flew through their physical agilities test here in, in Orange County super quick, yeah. uh, one of the fastest times. And then um, I ended up telling myself, I ended up going to selection uh, that same time frame. I ended up going to selection. I ended up failing out of selection. How, and um, how, how long? How far did you get in selection? Three weeks. Three weeks? Yeah, it, was a four, it was a four-week course. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. know it's a, I think it's it's less now. I think it's only a two-week course now. Uh, they, they went from they went to a two-week course yeah. for a little bit, and they, and they bumped it back, back up to, to four. Two, back, yeah. back to three. Okay. I think, or up up to three. I think, I think they're at three now. I think it was four when I went I'm there. Sure. I could be wrong. Maybe it was. Sure. I remember being there like three weeks. Someone in the comments will roast me. <laughs> yeah. Guys, I went there 23 yeah, years ago. I mean, I, me I'm pretty sure it was four weeks at the time. I mean, it was over 20 years ago. I'm pretty sure it was four weeks. We, uh, it was because there was a documentary that was called 28 Days of Hell or something like that. Yeah. And then it went down to three weeks. Oh, that's that, what they called it. They said SF stands for Suckfest the whole time. I mean, they were, I mean, everybody so, pulled their, so, it, you pulled their tabs me? off. I'll, and I'll, I'll say this. When they brought it down to 10 days, a lot, a lot of the SF guys were upset about that. Like, oh, now it's only 10 days and made it easy. Yep. 
I had buddies. Well, I made that, it. I had, uh, well, <laughs> I had buddies that were instructors then, and they said basically what they did is they put the 21 day course and they squeeze it in the 10 days, and they said it was horrible because yeah. they did the same amount of things in 10 days. Instructors hated it because they, uh, yeah, you know, if, if if the if the students aren't getting any rest, the instructors Dang are, are, are yeah, the, yeah, the instructors are up before the students and you know and uh, go to bed after the last student goes down. They hated that. They said that 10 day course was probably the the hardest courses they ran. And it wasn't to make it easier to bring that. it back up to twenty one. It was because instructors couldn't couldn't handle it. You, 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 they'd had to bring in more instructors. Well, I mean, I can see that because you know you think of a drill sergeant in basic. You know, uh, he's running you all day, and then the next day his partner his partners come in, and then they they beat up on you while he goes and breaks. You know, so it's you're constantly getting the same level of intensity through a drill and a drill sergeant. So I can see that you know um, a green beret going there and he, and he. You've got a limited amount of instructors, and shit, I can see it. What uh, what ended up getting you a selection? Land nav? Land nav, or? yeah, land nav got me. Um, cold February the... morning, drop oh, me off. Oh. Uh, uh, I, I could, I'm thinking back, and you think about this, you know, as years go on, you're like, damn it, I could have gone around, and I tried to go through. I, I went through uh, what was a lake, and uh, yeah, I, I was like yeah. swimming with my ruck, and you're I'm right. soaked in yeah. a February middle of the, uh, you know, middle right. of the night, one o'clock in the morning. Bring and, back memories. Yeah, yeah I mean, yeah. It, it was, and I, I started thinking about it, and I'm like, dude, if I hadn't gone through that lake and I just gone around it and figured that out, then I would probably would have still been in this. But you don't, you don't Word, think about that. Uh, did you make it to the star course? Was the star course the? Yeah. the okay, so no. you you were doing land nav up up to the star course before yeah. star course. Yeah, yeah, I believe the star. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. Star course is where you get with. Uh, your peers, that's where you can get pe- peered out? Um, that's the trek. The trek okay. is, was the last thing. The um, And the star course, uh, SF selection, unlike Del- Delta selection, doesn't change. It's been the same selection for... Brent, let me get a cigar. For, for, yeah. For, for, Want me to uh, take one of these? Yeah. Um, which is a great thing about it, which is why you don't talk about Delta Force selection, because it doesn't change. If I talk about it now, it's what you'll experience. Yep. SF so- selection changes uh, all the time, and for the good. You know, it's, It is a little more of a progressive tr- uh, course, and they're trying... To constantly get better and 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 adjust. No, I mean, I, I looking back, I wish I would have looked at it a little bit differently and done it the right way. But um, uh, gone back, I told myself after I had failed out that I would, because I was in the, a class with guys that had been there three, four times. One guy oh, yeah. ended up; it was a seventh turn, <laughs> and so I mean, he really, I think he <laughs> I made wanted it. it. He wanted it. Yeah. I think he ended up main. He, he was an E seven. He he wanted it. So <laughs> I, I got it. Hey man, never give up. Yeah, right. I mean, that's yeah. uh, that's the reality of it. Right. But and but but to you, you, you it was it was kind of I was going to make this or 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 move on with my life. Kind of a I one wanted and done. this opportunity. My my supervisor in California, he went made it, and he came back from selection, had passed, and I had been training with him while he was getting ready to go to the uh, SF uh, to selection, and so of course I get that that I want to do it too. Right. So we were training all through NTC, climbing the mountains. Right. I remember, you know, us climbing a mountain and then we had a radio and we called our helicopter and our pilots came and picked us up at the top of a mountain. You know, we, we rode right. home and, um, but it was just those kind of things. I was like, I love doing this stuff. And so when he, he ended up, uh, PCSing and going to airborne school and I was like, Oh yeah, I can't wait. And so when I went to selection, he was in uh, phase two, um, he was in phase two, so we had ran into each other at Camel Call yep. Um, yep. at phase two, and I was in phase one. Yep. And uh, I ended up failing out. Uh, he ended up making it. I went to his graduation uh, a couple years ago. Oh, nice. uh, later, he ended up doing a medic. He was an 18 Delta. He ended up doing a medic training here in Tampa. Was he the one who went to 10th group? Yes. That the guy yeah, that, yeah, 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 yeah. That's why I was asking if, he, if you were. If well, you, uh, I don't, uh, 
I don't want to get ahead of the story because this this will be a reoccurring thing. But it's yeah, I, don't, I really want to say this. To, I, I would say some of our, our younger listeners, but this can happen at any point in your life, and it happened to you later yep. as as well. One, I'm super glad you went to selection, whether you made it or not. Uh, I'm sure not making it was 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 a disappointment. It, it was a disappointment, uh, yeah. But God had a plan for your life. One hundred percent. It wasn't and, that. And and right, and you ha- you have ups and downs, and you have no idea what what your what God's plan is for your life, and what seems like what seems like a failure. Like, well, this isn't what I want to do. Like, what am I going to do now? I, I say it all the time. I basically take my five year plan. I can, I can go back to my whole uh, you know adult life, and from eighteen say this is what I'm going to do five years from now, and I was wrong. And then you know put yeah. me to twenty three. This is what I'm going to do five years from now. I was wrong. Everything I thought I was going to do, I didn't do for the good and the bad. And even if I could change it, I wouldn't. Looking back, I could see the plan for my life. Mm-hmm. And, and that's still not done for me now. I still no. have things that don't go my way. And if you and if you hold on. If you hold if you on hold to that on, failure, you got to learn from and your learn, failures. Yeah. yeah, you got to learn from yeah. your failures. Well, that's one thing I want to, once we get into your podcast, there's so many things I want to talk about as far as raising a, yeah. a boy. I have an 11 year old yeah and i'm still learning how to navigate life 100%. at 35 and you know so all i can do is take you know like you just said a disappointment or what you think is a failure i believe the same thing as brent it's not it you could sit there and try the same thing if god doesn't want it to happen you're gonna fail weird shit's gonna he, happen a meteor is gonna come strike at us he laughs us yeah. when we make plans because he's like that's cute and then we go and do our do our thing and then move on but like well if you you know let's say like you tried out uh, and you didn't make it, or you went to selection, didn't make it, or, or anything like that that somebody goes through, I feel like you're supposed to go sharpen some point, part of yourself for your ultimate, what you're meant for, your destiny, right? So, 100%. like, what you're doing now wouldn't be nearly as effective if you hadn't gone and right. learned from that failure. But also, it took away from, like, just going to something like that, mm-hmm. that suck fest, you know? Yeah. That's my opinion. Well, we, for... Well, one thing you could have gone to your first appointment and died, and then you'd have no possibility, right? To to do what you do now in life, which I think is so important, which I can't wait to get to. Sorry, in, to, in sorry my to infantry unit, that, in my infantry unit, before I PCS to go to flight school, a uh, flight medic school, um, I had asked my uh, platoon leader. I had said, "Hey, LT, is there any way that I can?" Because they were deploying to Kosovo, and I was like, I want to go on this deployment. I want to be a part of this. You know, I've never deployed. I wanted to be a part of it. And he had told me, no, if you go, then you'll miss the opportunity to flight medic school. And he saw the bigger picture, and uh, so he 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 denied it and said, no, we're gonna we're gonna say. It ended up happening that those guys went away. I think for twelve months, got back for two weeks, immediately deployed uh, Afghanistan or Iraq. I forget which one they went to, but immediately deployed couple of my buddies died right in that conflict yeah. so there's no there's no way of telling yeah. i could have been right care for what you what you wish for 100 uh, but that again back to what you're saying god's got a plan and that wasn't right. it even and, though that's what i wanted and here's the thing we always ask god god show me what you want open this door close this door and then when god closed the door for you at sf what the why, why are you not <laughs> opening this door right right we get mad at him when, yeah. he, when he gives us a definitive yeah. answer your answer was not, yep. not, not right now. And then, yep. then you went on to say, well, what you know, what else am I going to do yeah. with, with, with my life? Which you had two decisions. You could continue to go back, you know, but I'm guessing that was kind of towards the end of your So, yeah, when I contract. went into selection, it was literally a few months before I had to make a decision to yeah. re-up or ETS. And so um, I ended up 
making the decision to go ahead and get out of the army um and i'm gonna go and j- try my luck um with the fire school okay. and um uh, i said i'll give myself two years um i got out of the army I became a security guard, uh, was going through medic school. What I didn't know that the recruiter didn't tell me is that when you go to medic school in the Army, it doesn't, unless you challenge the state test within that two-year period, you can't be a medic on the outside. So um, uh. I had to go through medic school uh, for the state of Florida when I got out. So that's the first thing I did. I signed up for medic school, uh, started working at UCF as a medic, started working as a, a, flight, um, uh, a security guard with SeaWorld. Um, and then while I was doing that, I ended up um, – getting picked up with an ambulance company on West Orange County. Worked there for two years, got picked up with Orange County right there at that, that two-year time frame, and then uh, it all that's so where it started. I, I went to sniper school twice, a level one and a level two school, and really they ended up teaching a lot of the same things. But what I found out was all the things I didn't pick up at the level one, at the, uh, sorry, at the level two school, even though they taught me the same stuff, when I went to the level one school and I had experience behind you know, behind me, I picked up a lot more of the things that they, they did teach me the first time. I, yeah. didn't, I didn't know. Oh, to, no, it's, to, to it's okay to go through to, it twice. So when you did you feel like you have the same experience, even though they made you go through the same school twice? Did, did, well, did, when I look back at a medic program in the Army, it was a, a three-month program, and then you had to get the whiskey identifier, so that's another three months of training, and then you go through the flight medic program. That was another uh, month of training, plus all the experience that you earned during those that time. So going through the medic program when I got out was was easy, but I got exposed to things that I didn't get exposed to. Even the military, you're dealing with guys that are in shape – for the most part, right? Um, guys that are in shape, yeah. you're not dealing with your no geriatrics, hey, hey, your actually, pediatrics. They, they don't prefer guys anymore. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And, yeah. and no one's gonna, no one's gonna sue you if you move them wrong. Correct, correct. <laughs> so I, I got exposure a little bit to like you know diabetics, geriatrics, pediatrics, you know those things like more more cardiac uh, control um, yeah. Yeah. things. Kind of rounded out your yeah. You know your I was tra- trauma was a big thing in the military. Right. That's the yep. big focus. And yeah, I had you know some surgeries and you know I did a couple EKGs and you know work with cardiac meds uh, in the military, but. Main focus was general surgeries and traumatic injuries. That was your main thing, burns, stuff like that. And um, so I got, so when I went through medic school, I got exposure to that, yeah. and that's what actually I think well-rounded me as a medic. He did most of his time as a, I want to say a grunt, grunt firefighter. You know, n- your non-chain of command, and then some of your chain of command experience was in the fucking the house in the county like the one house we, yeah. we always joke like they don't get sleep in that house no. so where'd no. you get where'd you get is that that house he's talking about was that your first job yeah station and, 51 okay. so um that's battalion four that's where i got assigned when i first got out of school uh first got out of fire school how long did it take you to get hired there uh i was i got picked up and i went through the hiring process in 06 and got uh-huh. um i i started in technically february but i pushed it back to april because i was already a medic and so they said that I didn't have to go through the EMT program. And I was like, well, I'm still working as a medic. I'd rather make a little bit more money. I w- looking back, I would have had a better – if I had come on in February instead of mm-hmm. April, I would have had a higher uh, badge number or a higher uh, se- seniority rate um, uh, time. Right. But whatever. Didn't seem to hurt you nah. as we get into nah. the story. No, yeah, I was yeah. I, I was the fast tracker in the group, so uh, in my, in my and now, uh, and platoon. In the cop world, the ones that climb the ch- in a command that fast, you're usually – Total shit turd. bag. Yep. But I don't yeah, know that's that. still that exists in the fire, <laughs> fire department too. It wasn't him though. Yeah. But then I ended up getting promoted to lieutenant. Stayed in battalion four. I was at seventy three down in Taft, so I stayed in a busy busy house. 
Um, and then this guy's a hood firefighter. Yeah, I'm a, uh, I'm, a, I'm in the hood. Every other call, you have to have the cops with you. Yeah, every call, every call. It's like it's funny because it's like a you know you when you come out of Battalion Four. Um, those guys, you know, you, you go on calls and sometimes you're getting there before the cops and we're like, we're not fucking waiting. We're just going to go in, right. you know. And um, so when you go to other areas of the county, it's like, well, we got to wait for the, the sheriff's office to get here. And I mean, yeah. you know, it's like, like, hey, guys, what's going on? And right. I mean, and, you know, most of the time we get most, there, y'all are like, I, who called you? Like, yeah, well, <laughs> well mo- most it. most of those guys are strapped anyway. So I oh, oh, probably shouldn't say that, but I don't work there. Well, anymore. That's right. <laughs> well, and, and you you know, all the fire station is talking about it's in the county yeah. that that, it's, that it's you work in. The bad in. Part, yeah. 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 I mean, rough. So, oh, is that an is that an underground thing? You know, you don't have to any agencies we don't have to specifically name, but is there any like is that a thing with firefighters an unspoken thing? Like sometimes they're strapped if they work in bad areas. Yeah, nice. it happens. It I happens. love it. It happens. It one hundred percent happens. Will they get in trouble? One hundred percent. Yeah. Is it kept on the DL? Yeah, mm-hmm. it's kept on the DL. But you know that's common in, in EMS. You know, a lot of guys they they keep it in their bags or whatever. So yeah, it happens. I, would. I mean, yeah. it's it's like the same thing as like you don't know, I, man. When I was in college, right? I they was should a, always have the right to self defense. Well, when I was in college, we you know the shootings were happening a lot. I was a vet. You know, in, in between the police academy and my military, I, I did my college degree, and uh, I remember they were you know everybody was like. You can't have guns. I mean, it's you. It's serious. It's a crime in Florida. It's you have to go to. You would go to jail if you even if you have a concealed weapons permit. You can't have it on school grounds. Yeah. And yeah. I remember my. Well, I don't want to call him. I had an instructor, and I was like, he was retired. Long tried by six or carried by. Uh, tried by twelve he or carried said, by he, six. And I and he's like, I'm not going to say I do or don't. And yeah. I was like, me neither. Yeah. <laughs> you know, is what it is. <laughs> I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, there's there's guys that do, there's guys that don't. Um, I'd rather I'd, I'd rather be tried by twelve than carried by yeah. six. Uh, at the end of the day, so it does it happen one hundred percent. Is it is it is it frowned upon? Yeah. Is it is it against policy one hundred percent? But it happens. I'm going to use this time right now to uh, talk about our new partner, Zero Nine Holsters. So we uh, we we hit up Zero Nine. Um, they are Ohio-based custom duty gear manufacturing company to include gun holsters, portable radio cases, and the big one canine equipment they are huge supporters of our podcast um as soon as we reached out to them and asked if they wanted to partner with us they were like absolutely the thing about zero nine holsters is that they're owned by street cops they t and e this stuff in the field it's so appealing to me to get gear from people in the field that that actually use it and can know what they talk about they support this message that we put out because i mean we fuck around on this podcast a lot but our our core our core messages are are pretty serious and deep and uh these guys support that you know if you're looking to get some kind of tack holsters radio canine i don't know what what would canine use they're not that good at the radio because they lack opposable thumbs but it's coming <laughs> so but ryan hit me up this morning uh he gave us a promo code for them so if you oh, nice. if you hit up zero nine and you place an order because you can go onto their website and you can actually get the locations of where they actually sell physically sell but uh, you know you can uh, have your you can individually order or you can have your uh, agency order if you use anti-hero Zulu 910 anti-hero Zulu 910 all one word you get 10% off your order so pretty stoked about partnering with those guys please support them 
It matters where it matters where you, where your money goes. Yeah, and they support us. Trust me, your 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 Blackhawk holster doesn't uh, doesn't <laughs> care that you purchase from them. These guys do. Yeah. Let's move on to uh you know, to, to your fast track, you know, of sorts. And you you, you just ended at uh, you're on the truck. It's yeah. Um. So I, I'm an engine lieutenant, and uh, you know, I had I had some truck experience. Um. Also, but um, I'm an engine lieutenant over at Taft. Uh, I ended up. Uh, moving down to, to to oversee the paramedic program and, and re revamp that whole system. So I revamped that whole system. Ended up getting getting involved in the dive team and becoming one of the lead adjuncts for the dive team and kind of getting that uh, up and running in Orange County. And then um, you know there's there's some there's some people in places, some lieutenants that had come in after me and and uh, had taken what I had done and made it to this massive beast. I mean I, I can't say enough no. about um, those individuals that came in after me what what i had just set the groundwork and then they they made it into the the to the you know the beautiful piece that lays that sits on the wall yeah and but, let's, um, let me just stop real quick and and so people understand when you're talking about firefighter diving and first responder diving it's not it's not the the deep dive out on the coast with no. with nice clear waters and, and and having fun yep. it is it is Scary is the word I want to use. Uncomfortable. Yeah, Florida water. It is Florida uncomfortable. Water. Yep. Brown water. Brown night dives. Swimming with the yep. alligators. Can you see your hand in front of your face? Dive. No, no. <laughs> You're looking. Uh, and I hey, can, can you I find can, a gun? Look, I can. I can tell you. I can tell you two stories. I had some guys from Chicago come down to do to do some training with us, and they're like, "Wait, you guys are going to get in the ponds and the lakes in here?" And we're like, "Yeah." And they're like, aren't there gators? I'm like, "Yeah, they won't bother you." <laughs> but uh, yeah, I remember doing uh, night dives, and you know we've there's a you you know about it off of um, Orange Ave Hansel area. Yeah, uh, there's just, the FOP. Yeah, yeah, we've got that's where we did the training, and they got the sunken. Well, they used to have a Huey down there. They that was there when they pulled it out, um, and then they had a um, they had a Huey sunken for training. Yeah, for over 15 years, and then some some homeowner heard about it and was like, "Why is this here?" So was it uh, EP EPD came in and um, um, pulled told him to get it out of there. And so I was there the day that we pulled this huge huge Huey out of the water. Uh, there was like there's multiple cars and vans down there. There's I'd a, like that homeowner's name. I know what oh, no, what an a, it, I mean, it had been there for our 15 first years. responders are training not in my neighborhood <laughs> right. yeah, in no, a lake that you don't own. Yeah. Yeah, and yeah. Uh, they they made us move it out. But that 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 little mini city is, uh, what do you call them? Uh, pre- what's the word I'm looking for? Pretentious. Yeah, you know, pretentious. Like it's a good word. They're, yeah, it's the nicest word yeah. I could think of for. Because uh, they they don't that. Th- th- that little city doesn't wait for regular county response time. They have their own little like two two three cops working a shift where they can respond yep. immediately. Yep. And they show up on every medical call. And yep. <laughs> you still do any diving by chance? No, um, I used to. I used to do it all the time. I mean, I, it, it's funny because guys, I'd do the, the the coral reef dives, and a couple of buddies, we'd go out to uh, Fort DeSoto and and go about two and a half hours out co- towards the middle ground, and um, um, we'd go we'd go spear fishing at a hundred feet deep, hundred thirty feet deep, and yeah. spear fishing's uh, fun. Yeah, but I had I stopped doing that just because being on a dive team, I was in the water like three four times a week in some cases, yeah. and you're out there all day, and it's just like you're in a like. I'm good, and then yeah. takes the fun out of it. It, it, it kind of does, yeah. and I wore a full a full face mask. So when you go from yeah. a full face mask to like an octo with goggles, yeah. it's not the same. And I'm I'm on comms. We're talking to you. It's a little bit right. different. So yeah, the military is taking all the fun out of, of fun things. <laughs> I don't jump out of planes. Like, yeah. I don't I don't yeah. go diving. Go I don't camping go camping anymore. <laughs> yeah. 
Fucking all the fun out of yeah. I always say I'm going to, but I, yeah, know, yeah, but yeah. I never, never ended do. up doing I've been there. I don't want to sleep. I, I ended up doing a couple trips this summer, a hiking trip up to Montana, and I ended up doing a, a men's summit out in California. And I'm sleeping on the ground, and I'm like, this sucks. I don't want to do this shit no more. Like, like it was fun, yeah. but it's like going through like a basic like – men's summit was like a basic yeah. training. And like the guys are like, oh man, this was really hard. I was like, I was like, I'm not gonna say that this wasn't hard. It was definitely hard, but it's not the hardest thing that I've done in my life. I we have got to get to your story, but I have to ask you guys this a question. This question: Have you guys ever seen? And I don't, I don't think it's what you're talking about. Have you guys ever seen the uh, "I almost joined the military" people go to those (laughs) Navy SEAL training courses? (laughs) I see snips on. Oh my god, dude! These guys pay. Former seals to go. To what looks like it's right. Just what looks like and yeah. Like, it, it and it's looks only like a couple days, right? Training. Right. Yeah. yeah. A couple and you days know what's long, funny yeah. is yeah. that if you prepared, you could go do that and join the military. <laughs> yeah. And graduate. Wait. You know what's funny is they got all these like uh, the the savage races and the, right. the uh, yeah. tough mudder. Tough mudder. I've never Spartan done one, races. but I've done one because we've all been in the military. Yeah. We've done them in basic training. We did them in uh, normal training. You know, it's like that's a really good idea that these guys had come up with. I wish I would have jumped on that, yeah. you know, years ago. Want to feel like want to feel what it's like it. to be in the military yeah. <laughs> and make hundreds of millions of dollars or whatever they made. The, the clip I was watching, this guy was these guys were crawling up this embankment from water and they were just covered in mud and this instructor was going and grabbing them by the feet all the right, way back, yeah, down, back down screaming at him i'm yeah. like you uh, paid that, for as a that. as a you dive paid. instructor <laughs> paid for that. when i got the recruits as a dive instructor the recruits will come out for like just a, a, a swimmer's test and i was that drill sergeant like get in the water and then if they if it was the fast guy that would sprint swim out to the buoy and sprint back and think oh i'm just gonna sit on the beach and just hang out i'd be like You've got people that are still in the water. Go get them. <laughs> yeah. Like, but, go get them. And then after they all finish, yeah. I'm like, okay, now you guys are going to be what we call sugar cookies. And I'd, I'd, put, right. them on the, I'd put them on the yeah. sand beach, and I'd roll them, and then I'd start throwing. And, that, and that, throwing sand that's amazing them. because that will make you a man. Yeah. The problem is is that you need to go join the military to yeah. be a man. You, right. you don't it's, just get to pay to have a Navy SEAL beat you up <laughs> and then be like, you know what? I'm a man now. I did three days. I'm good. <laughs> That's fucking weird. That's right. Week after week after God, week after week. Just join the fucking military. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. That right. was my rant. That's no, okay. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> we have rants. So you're a lieutenant now? Yeah, I'm a lieutenant. I'm down at training. I'm, I'm doing some training stuff. I ended up going, uh, getting promoted out of training. Uh, I spent there about a year in the paramedic uh, world, um, putting on new, new paramedics and training preceptors and stuff like that, and uh, ended up getting promoted to battalion chief. And got my first assignment up in uh, the north end of Orange County and worked there a couple of years. Uh, another busy house up in uh, Station 41. Beautiful mm-hmm. station, two-story, uh, like what you would think a traditional firehouse looks like, two-story. Got the, you know, you could read a book on the way down from the fire pole. It's that long. I mean, yeah. it's just a, it's a, it's a ride. You guys there's, actually have fire poles? There's a couple houses yeah. that I do, yep. Yep. Does everyone start to uh, adapt like a New York accent? Yeah, no. <laughs> no, no. Okay. <laughs> there are some guys that come down from New York who got that thick. Yeah, yeah. Boston, our our New York accent. Yep. How'd you like? How'd you like being the chief? Loved it, man. It was, uh, you know, I love being a lieutenant, but being a BC. What I liked about being a, C- a BC, you know, it took, you know, when you're you're when you like being around the guys and you're in the truck and you know when you're in a truck you guys being being in law enforcement stuff you're kind of riding around a car all by yourself but in in a a fire engine 
with a crew. You're with a partner. You're with a crew. You're yeah. like you're, you're having a good team. time. Yeah. yeah, you're the whole time. You know, you're about with the boys. Outside. You're with the guys. Yeah. yeah, and so that was great. So transitioning out of that environment to now I'm in a truck by myself. That that was difficult, but then. When what you're I've, a BC, are you in charge of a house essentially? You're in charge right. of. Uh, uh, when right. I first went to Battalion One, I had seven firehouses. Okay, so a bunch of houses. Bunch of houses. Okay, gotcha, that was gotcha. my battalion. Now it, um, they did some rearranging, so I ended up going from seven, I think, to five or six. I forget how many I had, and then I ended up going to Battalion Four later on, and then I had six firehouses, so roughly sixty guys. So, are, so at this point, do you just show up in the F one fifty and yep. meet them there? Is that basically what? Yeah. So you know, we 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 run we'd run out of, you know like an F one fifty F two fifty, and then um uh, we run on the calls if it was a, an entrapment call or a fire or a hazmat call i'd be the guy that would command the scene and i would give direction but what i liked about a battalion is um i would spend the day driving to other firehouses and then i would get to just fellowship i I don't want to say you get to hang out with those guys you know it was your crew at your house but then you get to go and hang out with the other guys and I, you know, I'd play basketball with the guys. You know, we train with the guys. I remember my furthest north station, they had a boat. So let's go do some do some boat training. So I'd get on the boat, drive the boat, jump in the water, and that's what I loved about it. You yeah. know, I got to be, you know, it wasn't the same crew every single day. Right. And, I mean, it was, but it was. Uh, you know, I got the of of seven. Yeah, seven, of right? seven stations. Yep. Do you have do you have a favorite house of the seven? Uh, was, was I mean, one I, crew just. I I, I, can't, I couldn't I couldn't say crew. that my crew at forty one wasn't my favorite because <laughs> I mean we we had we had um I mean everybody at Battalion One was a great station right. um uh, but you're with those guys the most um great guys we do pickleball at the station we would uh, they do. Uh, Super Bowl it. yeah <laughs> Super Bowl uh, we had Fat Boy Sundays so we'd. We'd go up to the second floor, you know, right. um, have wings and, Did, you know, couldn't drink. So oh. we have, you know, uh, root beers that we'd crack or right. whatever. So. How, how about the other side of the spectrum? I'm, I'm not saying that the, the you know, you, you had your favorites that you won't call favorites, but everyone has a favorite. Did you have your, your problem children? And not that they were bad at their job, but like the guys that, that you showed up to their house again, like. Station 51. All right, guys, here I am again. This is what you did. I understand why you did it, Yeah, but I, here I am again talking to I you guys. I had a few individuals that, you know, I had to, I had to, I couldn't be. I, when I go to a fire station and I meet somebody, I never introduce myself as Chief Davis. I was always, hey, I'm Steve, you know, or Steven. You know, I would introduce myself. I think your responsibility as a subordinate is to recognize that I'm the I'm Absolutely. the leader or I'm the commanding officer, Absolutely. you know, and, right. and, Mom didn't call me Chief. She called me Stephen, you know, so my name is that. And so I always introduce myself as right. Steve Davis or Stephen Davis well, to people. But you expect people. to be treated like a chief. And for yeah, them you to know, know what the, yeah, what the and, norms are. And so, but I always had a good relationship with my crews. You know, they, they all knew me. You know, um, they all saw me come as a fireman. We all hung out together. And, you know, everyone had that. I always believed, and, and I, I've actually adopted it to my own saying now. It's it's now my saying more than uh, the, the the pilot that that gave me this. But I had a pilot back in uh, NTC who told me this as a young, um, as soon as I got promoted to sergeant. He said, he said, uh, Sergeant Davis. He says, get people to work for you because you they want to, not because they have to. You'll get a better product in the end. So that's that's kind of my saying now because I've said it for twenty plus years. So, but. Mike, uh, that lieutenant, uh, that um, a warrant officer told me, I can't remember his last name, but his first name was Mike. And um, I remember uh, him telling me that. And I've always lived to that. Like, get people to work for you because they want to, not because they have to. It's better. Pro- and so that's how I always treated people, you know. Let's get into uh, <clears throat> the 
your departure from the fire service. Where did it all go wrong? Well, so I'm in Battalion 1. Uh, to which 20, I'd say nothing went wrong. Nothing went wrong, but uh, Orange right. County saw it differently than I did. Uh, you know, you, when you get around people who, who work for a paramilitary organization and they want to claim that they know what chain of command and and um, structure and subordination, um, following orders and stuff like that, when they think they have more you know, knowledge about someone who's coming out of the military at such a young age, I, I, it was literally ingrained in my head as a child. Uh, grew up in a, you know, my dad was military, my grandfather's military. So, I mean, it's, it's something that I knew yes, sir. No, sir. Was, was always what I said from an early age. So I knew what orders were, um, battalion one, I was a chief officer there, um, going through COVID, um, you know, had a lot of questions, you know, we're going into people's homes. You don't know what's going on. I'm, I'm, I'm having to field a ton of questions that I just don't have answers for. And you go through a whole entire year of 2020, and you got no answers, but you're expected to just go into people's homes, have no idea about this disease, which it's all fake anyways, but we didn't know at the time. Yep. And uh, being told you got to wear a mask, and I'm an expert in, a ma- in mask wearing. I- I'll say that right now. Uh, I've worn one for my entire professional life. Um, N95s don't work for this shit. And <laughs> freaking little neck gaiters don't work for this shit. So it, it just blows my mind that there's no common right. sense anymore. And I don't... But- and I don't, I don't want yeah, no, 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 me no. to cut you off, but uh, well, I, I, I'm I'm cognizant of of how people you know take take comments, and I'm and I don't want to reword you. That's if that's if that's what you meant to say, stand by it. Yeah, but I I don't think you meant to say that COVID is was a made up thing. It was a very real thing. Because someone's gonna say, well, look at all the people who died. They absolutely died, and we talked about this a little before. Who do we know who died? Was it was it everybody? Was it was, was yeah no? When was you're everyone talking, it's, at risk? At, it's a, at COVID? it's a. I think it was jumped up to be a little bit more than what it really Absolutely. was. Absolutely, uh, they made it, it sound affect, like like anyone could die at any time. It is is someone that's obese? Is someone that's elderly going to contract this this disease and 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 have be harmed from it? One hundred percent. Right. But the majority of people right. lived. Right. The so majority of people lived. I mean, when the, you're looking at the, the percentages, vast majority. The, the, I mean, you're talking about a less than a percentage of right. people lived and more yeah. people are dying from we know what than ever the disease. So, yeah, when I say it's made up, I, I, I'm kind of alluding to that. Like we were made to believe that this was going to uh, wipe out the entire world. Right. And the whole world was on in right. belief that this that, was going to wipe out the entire world. Anyone could die indiscriminately at of any your time. health, of your yep. age, at any time, and that just wasn't true. And we and we and we actually knew that from the get go before it came to the right. states. I read a report just just doing research when COVID first came out, just googling it. Italy put out a report before it mm-hmm. hit America, saying that ninety nine percent. Yep. Of their fatalities came from obese and elder and elderly people, or or had a some sort of pre-existing condition. Yep. You know, just came off. Of was cancer it Switzerland treatment. or Sweden who didn't shut down at all? I forget which country it was, but they didn't shut down at all. They had the smallest number right. number of con- uh, con- so we people. we had the science. They always yep. say follow the science, but we didn't follow the science. We 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 executed mass punishment, and, and that's it. Where I look at it as kind of like a made-up thing. Um, can you get sick? 100%. I mean, do I know people who got sick and we called it COVID? Can I call it the flu? Can I call it a cold? Yeah, we called it COVID. Right. When, when you start right. looking at colds, when you start really looking, COVID has actually existed for much longer than before 2019, 2020. It actually has existed for a long time. Uh, if you look at some of these uh, N95, it said uh, 
pr- protect from COVID, it's because it's a virus that ex- has existed for a long time. We just made it a big deal in 19, 2020. That's, that's re- the, where it really came from. But um, going forward, you know, for a year and a half, you, you, we get told, you know, go into these people's homes, you know, protect yourself with a, a mask or whatever. And then that doesn't work. Bam, 2021 hits. And then we're getting uh, there. The, um, the vaccine comes out. And uh, the mayor here in Orange County, um, who I love dearly, I don't. Um, (laughs) um, He ended up uh, mandating our um, he ended up mandating our department. Every Orange County, uh, Orange County employee was required to get the vaccination. I want to ask you, why don't you think deputies were? Because we were about to fucking I don't know if it's a union thing. I don't know if our union came. I should have researched that before I came today and I will follow up. on You guys fell under a different because you guys have a sheriff. So okay. you guys didn't fall under the mayor's direction because you fell under the sheriff. Now, I don't know. And he's an elected official. I don't know his politics. I know that they're they're close. Um, but I would imagine he decided not to uh, believe it or not. Um, when this mandate went into effect, half the department, in Orange County Fire, actually stood up and said, because when uh, the D- Jerry Demings had come out and said, hey, we're going to mandate this. Our department, four or five hundred of us said, we're not going to do this. And so he was going to terminate everybody from the beginning if you didn't get this vaccination. But when four or five hundred firemen, a yeah. third of your department, half of your department says, yeah, nice. we're not going to do that. Yeah. He changed it from and he's he's on record saying that we're going to terminate you. He changed it from a a termination to a written reprimand. And then it got negotiated through, you know, so that's why there right. was some changes. Good job, there. firefighters. Yeah, it, it, yeah. it Good took. Job. But unfortunately, and, and I have to speak to my brothers and sisters in the fire service. Everyone got complacent. Um, it's been you know a couple of years now. Everyone's gotten complacent, and uh, they think, oh, you know, we don't have to to, to rise up and be that vocal uh, industry anymore. And because you guys have lacked the vocal, the uh, that that verbal confrontation and that holding people accountable, it's coming again. And there's policies in place that are hidden in documents that I've already discovered all of it that they can implement this once again. So at any point, especially this year, it could happen again. Absolutely. I don't think it's it will. Election year, baby. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. They'll they they will they will turn they will turn the heat up on this as as they as they need to. I tell right the people I, I work with, you have to give pushback. You have to. You uh, a, a, any regime, whether it be a tyrannical uh, federal government. All the way down to the local municipality admin that you work for. If you let them push, they're going to keep pushing. You yeah. have to, which yeah. is in theory the whole point of unions. And then yeah. that's a whole other topic because a lot of people don't like their union. They're dissatisfied with them, which you know I get. But the point of a union is to bring all those five hundred together to fight. Yep. You know, tyrannical fucking 100%. admin. Right. Yeah, Orange County I think is made up of a little over fifteen hundred uh, firemen right now. Uh, it might be. Plus or minus, you know, a few hundred. I don't know the exact number. It's been a few years, but at the time, four or five hundred members uh, in an organization—that's that's huge. Yeah, should have been more. It should have been all one hundred percent. Should have been more. But you had people, you know, and I get it. You have people that didn't. We didn't have any knowledge at that time. I was not against the vaccination. I was not. But I had men and women that worked for me who were like, "Hey, chief." Is this going to keep me from getting pregnant? I had young ladies like, are, am I gonna, is this going to keep me from getting pregnant? I had young men like, I don't need this, but I don't want to lose my job. And I'm like, you know, I get it. And so I'm trying to answer these questions as, as honest and genuine as I can. And I, when I go to my leadership and ask, they're like, yeah, they, they have to do it. 
You know, it's ironic, not to make this overly political, but I have to point out the irony from the side that pushed the COVID vaccination as a mandate the most also love a phrase called my body, my choice. Yeah. And I'm just asking for consistency from a side. So is it, is it your body, your yeah. choice? No, or, it's not. Or yeah. is it a, not or in is this it a, case? Not in this case. Yeah. Um, we ended up we ended up um, getting it reduced down to a written reprimand. And uh, those that know me and have worked under me uh, for years and years, I am not opposed to issuing discipline. But my record will show that every time I've issued discipline, uh, I've never had it grieved, and no one's ever been able to go behind, go back behind it because. I followed policy. I right. could show and that you messed up because right. you you violated this, this, and this. It was just. It was just. And well, it so sounds like you're a leader and not a supervisor. That's uh, crazy. Exactly. <laughs> what a weird concept. <laughs> Two very different things. Two You'd different think, things. You would think, you think they're the same, but they're, but not. they're not. They're not. But my my big thing is, you know, if I'm going to hold my subordinates accountable, I'm going to hold my peers, and I'm going to hold those that are over me accountable as well. And I think that's important to to recognize those those things is is if if you're telling me to go give a give an order or give discipline i want you to see all right we're not following the policy this is not the correct way this this is the right way to handle this and i can handle it this way and we could still accomplish the discipline and it's warranted but then we're not violating our own our own policy so it, it that's exactly where my story ended was I had gone to my supervisors and I had seen I had gotten a list of individuals who had um, been put, uh, they were put on the list incorrectly. And I had said, look, look at this list. You have guys on here who have medical exemptions. You have guys on here that went and got their religious exemptions. And you have guys on here that sh that have their vaccination cards like we need to look at this list. And before I issue a government discipline, a public uh, a public yeah. um, uh, document. Let's let's take a step back. Let's review this real quick. We don't. It, it, what's the rush? Like if they're going to get discipline, I can give it to them two weeks from now. Yeah. But then I can assure that the the discipline is correct. And so all I did was like, let's make sure these written reprimands are warranted. Okay. I don't want to give a guy who's got a religious exemption a discipline because he filed the paperwork for religious exemption. Same thing with medical. The guys that got their vaccination who complied with the directive, let's make sure right. that they're not getting written right. for no reason. And and there's people that will say, well, it's just a, a written reprimand. Get over it and and and, and signs the papers. But signs the papers. <laughs> but it's it's not that easy because at some point, some sheep who who did do it and didn't want to do it. They will eventually both be up for promotion, and one has a written reprimand yeah. in, in his no. past, and one and, doesn't. And then it's and in it, their files. And it absolutely matters to someone's yeah. career going down the road. Yeah. Well, and it's and it's crazy because those things can prevent someone from getting promoted in the future. Those things do prevent people from getting promoted in the future. And so those were the things that I was trying. When you give a written reprimand, why are we going to go and look foolish? Why am I going to go and say, here's a written reprimand, and because I did it too soon without – doing my due diligence as a, as a supervisor, as a leader, that now I look like a fool. You know, I'm giving you a reprimand and like, hey, man, I'm sorry I messed up. You know, I didn't really I didn't really pay attention. So now I now I have to pull back this document that, you know, now I look like a fool. Right. You know, and I, and I, I was not only looking after my guys, but I was also looking at, you know, you have all these these patches here on the table and um when you, when you look at these past patches, you know, I'm just going to pick one, Mount Dora, because that's where I'm from. Um, Mount Dora, 
you know, you're protecting the brand. You know, you guys run companies. I run a company. I want to protect my brand. This, I wore this patch, and no, I'm not this patch, but I wore right. an Orange County patch, and I'm trying to protect the brand. And so you're trying to do whatever's best for that agency at that time. I didn't want our agency to look bad, have that negative, uh, that tarnishing. But when you have people above you that don't see the same vision, it's like, would what the are people you guys above doing? you? Would it be Chief Kimberly Buffkin? It is. Yep. Yep. What and what 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 do you think was was she the one put your direct? I'm sure she had people above her pushing as well. But right. has, the line has to stop somewhere with someone with morals and a backbone. Why do you think she she chose to you know to to push this so hard and was unwavering on it? Um, I believe that she and I aligned with uh, the same beliefs. And you guys. Did you you knew her before this? I knew she and actually her and I were on the same. We were battalion chiefs together. She would relieve me in the mornings, so we had worked together for years. She ended up getting promoted before me. I was on the same assistant chiefs list. Uh, she just got picked up before me. Did you and, have discipline? How was that? Did you have discipline? <laughs> <laughs> it's possible, but I'm also that guy. Is, <laughs> I'm also that guy. It's it's, right. it's I'm not afraid to to say exactly what needs to be said. Um, in her case, um, she has a history of, of, of issuing discipline and um, incorrectly. And, and I have multiple examples for this, but she has where I've had to go to her and say, look, you're, in, you're issuing this discipline incorrectly. Now, I believe that she aligned with the same values I do in some ways, but at the same time, I don't think she has the strength and she didn't have, she was the person that's just, I was just doing my job. Well, that's not an acceptable answer. And for right. that, Right. I don't want to make a stretch here, but Nazis and, and gas No, you're 100% a modern Nazi. No, I'll call them out. Everybody that issued discipline is a modern Nazi today. Yeah, every one of them. Right. And uh, I did not issue it because it was wrong and it violated uh, a lot of uh, code yeah. today. You, you look back, back at the Nuremberg Code. You look at federal, uh, federal code. You look at uh, state statute. You look at the ordinances that were in place. It violated those to the T. And the people that issue discipline are a modern day uh, Nazi, one hundred percent. I'll tell you what I was surprised about when I, I read this was this was a big uh, local news article at the time. When you Google this, uh, Steve Davis, uh, Orange County firefighter, you'll see you'll see several uh, articles about this. And um, I would say, um, surprisingly, with our left leaning media, I thought I, I read a bunch of articles that don't don't get me wrong, they didn't complete. You know, not all of them, you know shown you as you know the, the the last bastion of 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 standing for hope for the fire cat but a lot of them um went and interviewed fellow firefighters of yours and did a, what i would think was a pretty good job of journalism mm -hmm. and there was a lot of firefighters that came out on yeah, your side yeah. and in support of you and, and it shows that in almost every every news article it, it, it's crazy that uh, i got a lot of uh, attention national attention there's several there are several um, movements out in California, New York, that, that uh, started after my termination. Uh, there's a, a huge movement out in Australia. If you've been paying attention to anything in Australia, a movement started there after my termination. And I, I, was, I was on the phone with these guys in Australia, these firemen from Orange, uh, Australia, uh, for, for years now. Um, listening to them, telling them these are what I've done. This is, you know, just giving, giving my advice, you know, and, and they're still fighting it today. But I think what my story was is just to give them hope uh, because they were in far worse um, environment than I had ever been. Right. Uh, even though I lost my job. Some of them lost their jobs. Um, you lost, you know, 
losing your job. I end up losing my and, job. And I, I have to stop and say this. Cause you have to give credit where credit is due. People hear this story. They'll hear the end of this story, and, the, and they won't think much of it. You, a career firefighter in a leadership position, could have easily just wrote the reprimands and be like, 100%. hey, guys, I don't agree with this. Let's, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll get through this together. But you didn't. You stood for what you believed. You had no idea what the outcome of it was. There was a lot of people that were that were your peers in leadership that that believed the same way you do and didn't take a stand. And I can't tell you how how much I look up to you for making that stand. It's easy of sort. It's easy to go into a house, you know, and and, and it's easy, you know, of a terrorist. It's easy to get into a firefight. I'm not going to lose my job over that. That's bravery to you know to to some degree. But you're talking about really standing for your morals that that literally cost you and your family your livelihood. I was and, say, and you did it. What would your family think about when you married? I married two kids. Were you married at the time? Yep. When the you had to go home. Kids at the time. I've what, been married almost 18 years. When you went home, when you were fighting this battle and you knew in your heart what you had to do, what would your wife do? What was that conversation? My wife was, uh, it still to this day, supports everything I do. She knows that I'm the leader of the house. Uh, she knows that I'm the one that's going to protect the, our family. Um, and what I'm doing is uh, I'm doing it for the right reasons. I'm not doing yeah. it for the wrong reasons. And when I called her the night I got relieved of duty, when um, Kimberly had uh, relieved me of duty. Why uh, don't you just write your reprimand? That's a good question. I don't know. She, all, well, I, I, well <laughs> I, I don't know. I, I, I don't know. That's a good question. <laughs> In, interesting. Um, but yeah, she, she relieved me of duty and, um, you know, failure to follow a direct order. And, you know, to be honest, I, I you know, knowing how orders work, uh, when you look at the policy for Orange County, Rule 33, Rule 35, um, it tells you what unlawful orders are and then disobedience of an unlawful order. And, I believe this to be an unlawful order. And how I know this is because at that moment in time, I was re uh, represented. I was the only supervisor, leader, uh, chief officer, officer that was in a lawsuit of 70 plus firemen who were ha who had um, representation by an attorney. And uh, so at that time, I knew that this was unlawful. I was represented by someone in law. So I knew that this was unlawful. I also was recognized by the governor who f signed it into legislation a month after my termination. So that only that only validifies uh, that only solidifies and validates everything that I said was was one hundred percent unlawful. And um, did, did DeSantis get wind of this? Just just out of curiosity, I mean, it was it made oh, a yeah. lot of news. Oh, he, he he heard about it the very the next week uh, after or that same week he heard about it because he was over I think in the uh, East Coast doing an interview and one of the uh, um, the local news um, uh, reporters had said, "Hey, what do you think about the fireman uh, that just got terminated?" And he and he responded to it and he brought me in. Uh, I was nice. out in uh, the Tampa area. Uh, when I met him, he gave me his his uh, his governor coin and um, glad to hear that. Yeah, and and my termination is what sparked legislation to say it's um, a violation to mandate these vaccinations. Ironically enough, I found it uh, six months later um, that Orange County never issued the disciplines. So when I started pulling public records requests, I found out that they never they issued them to the people, but they never filed them. So they kept it in a drawer. I, I'm I'm a, I'm a, I'm 
making my own where they kept them, but right. they right. essentially kept them in a drawer and didn't file it down at HR so for six months. And so when I started saying, hey, where are these, uh, where are these reprimands? I'd already been terminated. Right. Where are these reprimands? They're like, oh, well, uh, uh, hold on. Let me get to you. That's and crazy. they send them to me unsigned. And I'm like, no, 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 no. You're, you're missing signatures. <laughs> right. You, you can't be missing signatures. This, this is a government document. Right. Why are these sitting in a, in a filing cabinet in someone's office? So essentially, they were just using it as a scare tactic. 100%. And so when I filed these public records. 100%. So when I filed a, 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 a public records request, I end up finding out. Uh, that they didn't have these signatures, so I challenged it. The next week, I challenged it again. They sent me these uh, these same forms. Now had a March of 2022 signature by Human Resources. So now they filed them six months at, six months later, after the governor had signed legislation saying that this is illegal. This blows my mind. So that's when I went and said, "This is 100 percent." Now you guys have a lawsuit. Right. I'm going to file right. a lawsuit. Right. They're basically covering the tracks now. Oh, 100 percent. But the, the the problem is is have it all. <laughs> so and that, that lawsuit. That, uh, yeah, have it all. Still, yeah. Are you still on that lawsuit? Long yeah. Un- unfortunately, unfortunately, you were in the appellant court. Uh, the the judge dismissed my case over the summer, um, and I had to go to the appellant court. Uh, if the appellant court judge rules in my favor, then we start the the we start the process again, uh, which I can depose um, everybody. I hope you guys are ready because I'm coming. Um, um, if it, the appellant court judge denies, then I have to then file in the Supreme Court. So, um, there's a lot that's, that's got to happen. Um, hopefully, you know, the appellant court will see it. I mean, we made a very good argument. Uh, the, I mean, the argument is it's, you miss, you miss a lot of stuff. The, the judge had dismissed my case because he said it was unreasonable to think that this was an unlawful order for me, a a, a lay person, not to, to say that this is unreasonable, but I'm a. (laughs) I'm a as a layperson, you couldn't understand. I it. can't understand what this yeah. was, but I'm I hold a I hold a uh, I'm a bat- battalion chief at the time. <laughs> right. I hold a master's degree. Uh, I, I've I've been in around the block a few times, and to say I was rep- represented by an attorney and now the governor, right? The, uh, the attorney general, right? So I have all this rep- to to say right. that this was unreasonable is it, he just didn't read it right. Well, I I don't I don't want to skip over because this yeah, yeah. this this will be a, a a two hour podcast so we, we we try to keep within an hour. Yeah, yeah. You land all this is and now well now you guys know why I had to have had had to have him on here. What that that story blows my mind. The story doesn't end there. You end up going to to Lake County, landing on your feet for a short time and actually get a promotion out of it, correct? Terminated and promoted at the same time. It's great. <laughs> uh, my business partner, Dave, uh, he gave me, uh, um, I, I, I had to grow a beard for like a month before I started with Lake County, but he gave me a termination gift and it was a beard kit. And I didn't get to use it for another two years because uh, when I left Lake County, but um, I use it today, the nice little beard kit. But um, yeah, I got a, promo- a, a termination with a, uh, a, and then a promotion. I went to Lake County. Uh, worked as a division chief for about a year and a half. Um, great time. Uh, I really had a good time there. Um, some things I, I could see very similar uh, tactics uh, within the, the government agency. Right. And, and the culture. Of in the, the culture. Of, of, and um, uh, I decided to just, you know, I'm going to go ahead and finish my, my uh, fire career uh, right there. Um, I think what, what the best thing to look at this now as I look back and reflect on a lot of my career is, the only thing I ever wanted to do was be a fireman, and I and I can go back and, and uh, talk about that to to a long long ways, but uh, everything I always wanted to do was be a fireman. And um, when I got 
terminated from Orange County being, you know, uh, very heavily involved. I mean, I, I'm not trying to sound arrogant, but almost a poster child uh, because I was I was in the media because I was with their public information officer. I was in the media all the time. Uh, I was the guy that they put on camera all the time uh, during that moment for whether it was dive training, whether it was paramedic, whether it was uh, um, stuff uh, on the about fires and stuff, talking about different things. I was one of their guys, and to get pulled out of it so quickly. It, it left a really bad thing. I didn't have closure. So yeah. going over to Lake County, I thought that that's where I was going to end my career, 30 years. And um, we talked about God has plans. You know, I thought his plan was for me to end up in Lake County and finish a career there. But it, he just laughs every time you make that's a plan. Right. Because uh, what he did was he was giving me that job for closure. Yeah. Because he, he knew he had bigger things. We were talking about it before the show started. You know, there's a lot of things that I've got planned that I'm growing my business. Um I've got, you know, a book that's coming out, Alone in the Fire, which is going to tell my whole story. Uh, I've got my publisher. It's going to be out in uh, this end of this um, uh, quarter, uh, probably April, May. I'll have it uh, completed, and I'm going to be um, telling my story. Everything from the moment I started with Orange County um, and yeah. through this whole process and um, looking at telling other people's stories, yeah. too, because this has affected a lot of firemen's life, a lot of uh, doctors, law enforcement. So the book has, you know, maybe you're the only one. Um, that had to go against tyranny, and maybe yeah. you were alone in the fire. And so that's really my story: is alone in the fire. I was the only one that stood up against tyranny. Mm-hmm. I was the only one terminated, and I was. And I burn hotter because of the internal. I'm able to get through the flames because of the inside flame right. that's inside me. So, well, I'm not going to ask you to give me the book. Cause I'm going to buy the book to support you. Yeah, but I want you to sign it for me. If we'll do, if you would, 100%. I'll, because I admire you. I will absolutely get that book and 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 read it. The so I was excited. Mm, I was going to say word excited. I was uh, I was blown away by your story, and I wanted to get your story out. It lines right up with everything you know that our podcast is about. Um, but what I'm excited about is what you ended your career with, and and what you did in your next step. Uh, there's no nothing wrong. Be ashamed about making money. You're making more money yep. now yep. Th- than than ever with yep. with with what you're doing now. Is it in investments? Yeah, I'm 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 a director of administration for Goliath. Um, I, I basically manage partnerships, and um, uh, that's that's what I do uh, for the majority of my time. But and you, uh, and you, and you could have ended it there with just end- with just just with just making money. Yep. But you weren't done standing for things, nope. and you started what I'm super excited about is the raising alphas podcast and the raising alphas brand talk about that i want you to push that out there because i'm 100 percent behind that so i believe in raising the next generation of leaders not followers and uh, the message is raising alphas um to to be those strong leaders in our community because right now we're seeing young men and women not having a direction and we're seeing men and women that are growing up with no no value of themselves and not having having any type of leadership in the household. This morning I was at the gym and I, I see a young man. He's with his mom. She doesn't know how to use the the, the working system. And I see that him. He's working out and he's not doing it the right way. Bad form. And it's just because twelve years old. He doesn't know. He does. I don't know where dad right. is. Maybe dad's at work. Maybe dad's not in yeah. the picture. I don't know. But I walked over to him. I said, Hey, man, this is how you use this piece of equipment. And just you pull it here. It's not. It's not a two hand uh, machine. It's a one hand, and then you. It's you just isolate this isolate, one side, right. one side, and you pull real hard, and you pull it like this. And um, he looked at it, and he's like, "Huh," you know. And that's all he needed. So the raising alphas project is really just. It's it's developing our young men and women. You know, a, a young lady. I don't have any ladies. Uh, young young girls, but um, 
let's value them. You know, let's when when they walk into a room, um, men should open the door. You know, if you have young young uh, girls, I have three. You have three. Yep. Um, you open the door. So when when a young man is on a date with them and that man doesn't open that door. That should be that flag. And that's something that we always talk about. But I want to raise my boys to be gentlemen, but also be able to stand up for what's right, to challenge. Right. You know, even the, the my, my six-year-old challenges right. me all the time in a respectful way, but, like, that don't sound right. And I'm like, you're right, right. it don't. <laughs> and you're, and I'm, I'm assuming you're also teaching them, there's a, there's a difference here, fine difference, to be violent, 100. to be capable of violence. violence. Mm-hmm. Because so that's, you can't protect anyone unless you're capable that's exactly what our peaceful warrior um, right. uh, came out. Yeah. We've is. talked about this on the podcast before. It was sorry to cut you off. Yeah, but no. The the if you don't raise your kids, the school system will. Yep. And we and no one no one agrees that our school system should be raising any of our kids. None. But if you're not active in your kid's life, that's who's that's who's raising your kids. Correct. I don't want I don't want my kid to learn on the streets through his peers. I don't want him to learn through the. Um, the the teacher who doesn't share the same values as I do in, or the coach. So those are my responsibilities. I often tell a story about my son coming home and wanting to be a Boy Scout. Uh, nothing wrong with the Boy Scouts up until recently. Uh, I just think that they've made the wrong decisions um, recently. Um, but I asked him, why do you want to be a Boy Scout? And he's like, I want to learn how to camp and fish and hunt and, and, and all these things and, and shoot a bow and arrow. And I was like, well, I know how to camp and fish and hunt. And sh- I don't know how to shoot a bow and arrow, but I'll go learn. And I went on the website, and, and I'm, I'm disappointed about some of the, the people that they have representing the Boy Scouts. It's a, it was a man who was overweight that didn't take care of himself, no self-awareness. Uh, another man who honestly looked like a pedophile and then a, and a woman in a Boy Scouts. And, and I don't think women should raise men to do manly things. That's a man's job, you know. And, and more importantly, my job is to raise my kids, not, not anybody else. Now, I'll go give them to you to, to coach them in whatever sport. But ultimately, it's my responsibility to hone in some of those skills. Like, I, I, I see what Coach, coach Brenton's telling you. Let's go do that. Let's, let's keep doing it. That's my job. Okay, I, you get the coaching part, but then I go and I train them the right. most. Um, this this shouldn't be as as uh, controversial of a statement as it's going to be, but people people are going to hear that, of course, and they're going to be upset. They're like, "Oh, only a man can you know should should raise a boy." Yep. What? Well, why? Why is that any different than anything else that that society tells us? Only only women should have a say on what happens with women. You don't understand what women go through. Why do you get a say? Listen, you you don't understand what. What black people go through, so you can't tell black people how to feel. How is that any different than you don't understand what it's like to be a young man and and an adult male and what they go through? And why shouldn't a male be the subject matter expert on that? I've never been a woman. Consistency. I don't have daughters, but if I were to have a daughter, I would only know what it's like by learning from my wife. She is going to raise she would raise our daughter to be a lady. I can show her what a man is supposed to treat her. Right. And I can show her some of my skills. I can teach her to hunt and fish and, and, and camp and stuff like that. But when it comes to doing lady things, I have right. no idea. Right. I, don't, I, I mean, yep. I, I'm not an expert on putting on makeup or wearing a, wearing an, uh, right. a you know, a nice dress or something like right. that. And, and, and I'm, 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 I'm superficial right now. Yeah. There's a lot of other things but that those, we could. What are talking about? It's just boltons to round out her her life and experience. Let's let's end it on a on a good note, like we like to. Yeah. A lot of a lot of things to be upset about this this episode with what yeah. Orange County did. Um, you have a lot of experience and a lot of things. I'm sure, you got a funny story. 
Man, I, I don't know how how I've got one that popped up in my head, and I don't know if that's the <laughs> if that's the one that we want to talk about because it's a li- it's it's. It's almost a little embarrassing for the woman, but uh, it's a little vulgar. I don't know if that's all right. Do well, it, do <laughs> it, do it. You can always cut it out and pretend yeah. like your it next never story happened. is the all first right, one. We can go to another story, but uh, <laughs> you know, um, um, the one that stands out the most. It was a little funny, and um, you know, it it, it was a, a lady um, who's probably who was probably my age now, so in her forties, and husband was away. Her kids are kids are down and. You ever seen that movie with um, something about Mary? Yeah, and oh, yeah. he oh. zips up. Yeah. And, and it's like police officer, fireman, like everybody's looking in. Right. That was this scene right. with this lady. How'd you get the beans over the weenies? Exactly. <laughs> well, any, anyways, I walk in, I walk into the scene and, um, um, you know, me and my partner are there. Uh, uh, um, uh, my partner was, her name was Mary. And um, we walk in and this lady was obviously alone. She was enjoying, you know, alone time. And, um, <laughs> and <laughs> she's enjoying alone time and a uh, uh, glass of wine She's got a nice sixty inch on the on the bedroom, you know, and it's it's sixty it's inches. The TV, I hope. It's the TV. Yep. <laughs> is she Six. using the TV to assist her? And yes, the TV. Oh. It's got some uh, uh, some uh, a documentary. Yeah. Um, <laughs> a vivid documentary. Uh, yep, and it's paused on a, like a scene, and so uh, we're just in that area where it's like multiple agencies are are there. Right. And, um, hey, the come, here, come here, come yeah, here, come yeah, here. Yeah, yeah. It was like city, city, county ambulance company and i worked for the ambulance company at the time this is you know 20 years ago and um anyways we're going in to assist her and when we go into the bathroom i walk into the bathroom and you can see there's a lot of blood on the on the toilet seat and and um she had gotten a a uh, a toy uh lodged uh in her rectum and um it had gotten turned sideways and i remember we were trying to get it out of her um on the scene and i remember my partner saying steve get out and I didn't know what was going on yet. I just remember, like me, I wasn't a fireman at the time, but I remember the the two agencies that were that had responded. The two city yeah. agencies had had st- stepped out, and then I was at another agency, and then the police officers stopped out. The county sheriff's office stepped out, and um, you know my partner is handling it now. And so I'm literally going back and forth to the truck to help her. Right. You what, know, do you get what, tool, what do you need? What tool? I open the door. Right. What tool Wait, you need? He's right. handling it, as in like, or she is. She is. Yeah, yeah right. Mary was handling right. yeah. it. So yeah. she's handling right. it. Not and exactly I was like, sure what tool you need for this. Yeah, let and, me know. she couldn't get it dislodged, and, and and it was small, and it had just gotten flipped like this. Yeah. You know, um, um, and unfortunate, had, unfortunate. Yeah, and so um, I'm loading. We ended up having to take her, and then the the neighbors. This is late in the night, so the neighbors have to come and watch the kids. She's got three kids who are asleep. One's in the in the crib. And so now the neighbors are involved. They don't know why they're watching the kids, but now the neighbors are involved. So everybody's is that something about Mary's scene? So we take her down to the hospital, and um, Mary didn't want to say on the radio over the radio like what was going on. <laughs> right. But uh, I, I ended up asking the lady. I said, you know, we shop at the same Publix because I lived in the area, and I said, I said, if we see each other, let's just make it awkward. You know, let's not make it <laughs> awkward. And I was like, are, is everything okay? And I remember asking her that, and she goes, Oh yeah, I'm fine. I said, It's still on, so it still feels good. <laughs> So, <laughs> no, it still feels good, and, and uh, she ended up um, she ended up uh, uh, getting it removed. Get it removed yeah, with professional but, um, help. With a professional, uh, it, yeah. yeah. I, but, um, I can assure you that was the right story. Was, I told you the first story you think of is the That's right the one story. That's the one that first popped in my head. Yeah, so. the best right ambulance story. ride ever. Yeah.